Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmate's flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Hey everybody, it's In the Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. Paul Fontaine alongside Ryan Frederick. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to sound a little different. Uh, we had some technical issues to start the show, but it sounds like we're good to go now. So I'm, I'm on a different computer. and uh, But we got a big show today. We got, uh, we got two shows to run down from this past weekend. And we're going to take a look at UFC 286 from London. Uh, big uh, rematch coming up. Um, but uh, Ryan, uh, before we get going, um, well, I, I guess, um, bef- yeah, I guess we uh, we'll start we'll start with Bellator. Um, Bellator two ninety two from uh, where was it? Uh, the SAP Center San, in San Jose. San, yeah, San Jose. Yeah, yeah. We have friends in San Jose. They didn't even know the show was happening. <laughs> um, I didn't even watch it. I just there was I was so busy this weekend. I didn't have time. I assume you probably watched at least the main event. I did see the main event. Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, it was and, went pretty much, and the first fight because the first fight went really viral. Oh, really? Um, and which? Uh, so th- when you say the first fight, you mean on the um, on the main card? Michael oh, Payne, yeah. Okay, I can, yeah. I can see why. Actually, this looks like a hell of a card. Like yeah, based yeah. on the results. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't have Showtime, so I always have to if I want to check it out. I always have to wait until Paramount Plus gets to gets the replay up. So my I hadn't even looked. I was I've been so busy the last last two and a half days that that I just saw the first fight and the last fight. So, but yeah, it looks like based on the finish, based on the results here, yeah, it looks like a hell of a show. And I heard I heard it I heard it was good from people yeah. who watched it. Yeah, so Michael Page, uh, I guess I'm going to have to watch this one. Uh, he, uh, he looks like he kicked Goite Yamauchi's head off. Uh, no, he... Uh, oh, his leg kick, okay. His leg kick, but he dislocated his knee, I believe. Oh, Yamauchi's my God, with one knee. kick? Yeah, you you know you know how we see, we've seen those fighters who threw a leg kick and they had their legs break? Yeah, well, this yeah. This is the opposite. Michael Page landed a leg kick and Yamauchi's leg broke. Wow. So, wow. So it was like the reverse uh, Chris Weidman. Yeah, reverse Chris Weidman, reverse Anderson Silva. Just just very, yeah. very nasty looking and, and just, Jesus, just, just brutal. Just brutal. It, was kind of, it reminded me of when Michael Page need uh, Cyborg Santos in his head and left that big old dent in his head. head. It's just crazy. And then uh, Page, was, of course, he was calling for a title shot afterwards. It's hard to say no after he did that to somebody. Oh, absolutely, yeah, and and I mean, Goethe Yamuchi is not, uh, you know, he's a, he's a pretty good fighter. You know, twenty eight and six record now, twenty eight and five going into this, and uh, you know, he's been around Bellator forever. I remember him on the uh, the first Bellator pay per view with uh, Rampage and um, King Mo. He was on he was on the undercard, um, but uh, and then the main event, uh, Usman Nurmagomedov uh, won the. Uh, well, I guess he didn't win the championship, but he advanced in the tournament. Um, and he, he 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 remained the lightweight champion. He's a lightweight champion. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So he. So oh yeah, because um, Pitt. Um, who, who uh, 
who somebody uh vacated or what no he beat pitbull for it pitbull's previous time i'm like so off today dude by the time we get to the ufc stuff i'll be back on my game but i'm like i'm throwing off here i'm looking at two different computers and uh yeah i'm just I mean, yeah, it's been not been getting, a good day it's not been a good this day. is this is yeah tr- tell me about it but uh <laughs> no no we'll, we'll uh we we don't have time on this show yeah, um no. but <laughs> off, yeah i'm just saying yeah tell me about not being a being a rough day but yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah but, okay uh, yeah but uh but yeah Nurmagomedov just basically this was like a squash match you know we kind of kind of ex- kind of i mean Nurmagomedov just ridiculous undefeated and henderson at the end of his career and we'll talk more about him him later but it's just it wasn't even close just Nurmagomedov, uh, i think he dropped him or something something yeah, yeah with some some uh yeah dropped him with the question mark kick like seconds into the fight and then just took his back and just controlled and dominated from the back until he got the rear naked choke two and a half minutes into the fight you know just not even not even a competitive fight yeah and i mean it's not like uh benson henderson uh get submitted uh very much i'm just looking back over his results and uh geez he's been knocked out of- last time he was submitted was 10 years ago to anthony pettis he's yeah he's been submitted three times in his career twice in title fights and uh oh yeah yeah so um but yeah so uh, uh you know usman Magomedov, uh, still a champ and then alexander shabili fellow russian uh, knocked out Tafik Musayev in the uh, third round, so he advances in the tournament. And I assume they'll probably—I don't know if they've done the brackets for the next round, but seeing, seeing as they both fought in this card, chances are they're fighting each other next. And uh, Linton Vassell got, got a nice KO win over Valentin Mildovsky. That's a that's a big win for him. Yeah, yeah, and they're, uh, he's he was calling for title shot against Bader. Next. Why not? So, yeah, see that happening. Yeah, I mean he's he's a another Bellator like that guy goes back to like the MTV days I think <laughs> like when they used to do those tournaments he yeah. was in he was a light heavyweight back then yeah um, and we so we had a couple uh, we had Enrique Berzola and Josh Hill picking up wins on the prelims uh, Tony oh no that's that was a different guy I thought yeah and every and nobody else would know it on the show so that was uh, Bellator I don't think we got any well, we might have had ratings did you did you happen to see the ratings because it was uh, I'll just uh, have a look here. Because they, they should be out. I got the chart up here because I did. I was looking at the SmackDown numbers earlier. So Showtime, Showtime. I'm into the hundreds. I don't see them yet. <laughs> uh, I don't think anything from this show made the top 150. Uh, uh, no. No, I'm I'm looking at it now. Let's see if anybody asks. Sometimes sometimes people do. Nope, nobody even asked. Uh, unless I'm missing it, I don't see it in the top 150. So I see Rampage uh, at 19. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good for them. Uh, they've been, they've been I, it was good. Yeah, best control. number of the year. Best number of the year for them this year. Which this, is good this because, because this was this weekend was just college basketball all Friday and Saturday. Yeah. So. I wonder if, uh, yeah, that's, uh, and, and their men were really up, which is odd. You wouldn't expect with all the college basketball going on, but, um, all right. So that was bell tour and, uh, I don't know when they're, uh, next show is it in a March, March, whatever the last uh, Saturday. Uh, yeah. Uh, Musasi and Edwards for the, uh, no, in, this uh, one's, uh, this one's Goldman and, oh yeah. I'm looking at the wrong one. Yeah. Go from Temecula. Uh, yeah. Goldman, uh, James. 
uh, yeah. yeah, household names in every arena in the country. But Kat Zingano's fighting on that card, and a friend of the show, Aaron Jeffrey, as well. So yeah, yeah. We'll, have, we'll have to check that one out. Friday, Friday night, so March thirty first. Yeah, so yeah, WrestleMania was, weekend. Yeah. yeah, something tells me I'm going to forget about that one too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, so we also had on Saturday UFC two ninety two. Um, this was Saturday afternoon, basically. I mean, it was it was it went into the evening, but it was uh, it was an early card. Uh, started at 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern, 2 p.m. our time, and uh, was done by what, like eight? Um, yeah, right and, around eight uh, o'clock our time. Yeah, yeah it was a pretty good show, I thought, and uh, really, really good main event. Uh, yeah. I mean, for I, I want I would say for one guy, but I mean, it's not like Peter Yan looked bad. It was just Devalis Feely was just incredible. I mean, yeah, it lived up to the machine nickname. I, I was just going to say that exact thing. Like, yeah, uh, and and yeah, and, and Peter Yan did not live up to his name. Uh, no mercy, although he tried. Um, but uh, yeah, that was. I mean, that was like. I don't even know how to describe it. Like, if you didn't see it, I mean, he just just steamrolled him, like just over and over. Take him down. What forty nine takedown attempts? Yeah, yeah. You come, you come out of this, you come out of this fight, and the very first thought of your mind is Murab Devajvili is the best bantamweight in the world. But he he would none. smoke Alderman Sterling. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I've no doubt. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and, yeah. I kind of have no no <laughs> doubt. I mean, Alderman now Alderman is a better wrestler than Jan, and then Cejudo is next level. Cejudo and Murab would be very interesting because yeah. the whole because of the wrestling aspect you have Marab, the relentless takedown artist but he'd be going up uh, but Cejudo is an olympic gold medalist in wrestling <laughs> so, so but but uh, so but Marab might have the striking advantage against Cejudo yeah, maybe maybe not yeah. i mean Cejudo is Dude, I really think Henry Cejudo is underrated uh, and i think a lot of it, it is could be. because of it could be is his antics and his cringiness now, now where people like if he, people see that and they you know get turned off by the fact that he he's a really great fighter and as we talked about like his coaching acumen like he's smart as hell so it just yeah but uh but back to Marab I mean I mean <laughs> nobody was gonna lose to that guy on this night and Piotr Jan like he didn't look bad I mean he looked he looked as good against Marab as anybody does has except except when Marlon Marais had Marab rocked and nearly finished in that one time. But, but yeah, it was just, it was just a steamrolling steamroll. And I kind of feel bad for Jan cause he's now one and four in his last f- five fights, but he really should be probably four and one in those five fights. And this should yeah. he still be probably champion. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he, if he was champion going into this, he would have lost it here. Yeah. Um, and Duvall's really would be the champ. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, um, I, I mean, I, you, you see this and then you wonder like, how has this guy ever even lost? And, and I mean, he's lost four times yeah. and uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, one was a split decision, but then one was a stoppage basically at the end of the fight. Um, yeah. That was the, that was the, the, uh, the Simone stoppage. That was still, yeah. That was still crazy because it happened like at the end of the fight. Yeah. He was in the guillotine choke and he was just laying on the ground and they they claimed he was out when he said he wasn't. So Yeah. So but crazy. I mean but I mean he's gotten better since then and you know and he and he's you know, that's a great camp that he's in and uh, you know, Sarah Longo and um but yeah, it was uh, it was a dominant performance and and really like it left you wanting that fight that you're not gonna get 
Um, although, you know, and it even said it after the fight, like if, and, and they're really strongly hinting that, you know, Sterling could move up to 145. And then if that happens, then Devalish really is coming for the belt. Yeah, and I, uh, I've, I've heard, and, and Aljamain's kind of, he's kind of made this public. He's, he's made the, the public thing that his, his idea is beat, beat Cejudo and then beat Sean O'Malley and then go up to vacate and go up to 145. And I've heard if he loses to Cejudo, He'll probably just go up to 145 from there. And then you'd have a good storyline of Mirab trying to get the belt back for his team. Yeah. You know, yeah and, 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 and Mirab said, Mirab has said if Sterling was going to stay in that division any longer than, and they've probably, they've probably talked about it a bunch, but, uh, but I always got the impression from Mirab that if he felt like Sterling was going to stay in that division long-term, that he would try to find a way to cut to 125. That's what I was going to ask you because I, I he doesn't look like a guy that would go. He looks like he could get to 125, and he doesn't look like he would be very good at 145. Not I shouldn't say not very good, but he his body is better suited for 125 than 145. Yeah, he 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 looks like he looks like a legit 135er who, if you asked him, if you saw him, said said what are the odds he would go up or down a weight class and it it'd be more leaning going down than so kind of like Cody. Kind of like Cody. Yeah, like where you see Sterling where he's fighting at 135, but it's like it's like that dude ain't making 125 ever. And 145 yeah. is probably better better off for him than 135. But you know Yeah, like when you see him, like you almost think he's a 145er. I mean yeah. when I met him in person I thought you know I thought he was a welterweight. Yeah, <laughs> like not true. you know not knowing well, you know well well depending on what time depending on when you caught him in his life and whether he was in training camp or not he was probably a welterweight when you saw him. Yeah well no no doubt like he's probably yeah, walking around at 170. Yeah this was yeah. He's, this was on a card that he wasn't on and I was talking to him and I honestly like I didn't I knew he was a fighter and I just you know, I was fairly new in my fandom and I, I didn't exactly know who he was, um, even though I knew he was a fighter. And as I'm talking to him, it, it occurred to me who he was and, and who I thought he was wasn't wasn't the same guy. So, yeah, I, I luckily didn't use the wrong name. <laughs> uh, but yeah it was uh it was interesting because i'm like you know i'm i'm about 200 and and i'm like i'm not that much bigger than this guy um you know definitely taller but um not, not much bigger um but yeah that was uh you know a great main event um you know duval is really great performance from him and and Jan, you know was i you know i mean to say he didn't lose anything i don't think that's necessarily true because he's definitely He's definitely not the number one contender anymore, um, you know, and, and uh, so he's going to need a win and they're going to have to be very careful about who they put him up against next um, because, you know, he, he really can't take another loss at this point. Um, but uh, yeah, Duvall's really, he gets the win, no doubt. I mean, it was 50, was it 50, 45 on all cards? I think, uh, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. And I mean, I wouldn't say any of them, like I didn't really think there was a 10-8 in there. No, there wasn't. Yeah. yeah, it was just, you know, just over and over again, kind of like Khabib, you know, just didn't take the guy down. Because, over because, and over and over because again. Jan, Jan, whenever they were separating, Jan would actually land a lot of yep. good, good strikes. In it. it's, not, it's not like when they were separated that Marab was dominating there. It was just, there was just so much pressure. And he, and and he so defended. Much yeah. 
And he defended a lot of the takedowns too. <laughs> but defended 38 takedowns. So. Yeah. And even when he, you know, the 11 that were landed, like yeah, he was like, getting up. Yeah. They were know? popping up. I mean, there yeah. were, the, I would not say there was any like sustained long periods of time that no. Rob had him down, you know, maybe, you know, maybe a minute here or there, there, but, but, but it's just, just relentless pressure all night. Oh, uh, I'll bet Jan has never been more exhausted after a fight than he Probably was here. Not. Probably not. <laughs> no. no. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then the rest of the fight, the rest of the fights were, you know, it's just your standard, you know, card. It was from, you know, we talked about this last week. It was from the Virgin theater, Virgin uh, or the theater at the Virgin hotels. Yeah. And uh, it was, um, it was a, like, a good crowd. It's um, a fantastic environment. It was. It was. I mean, it, it, at first it started out, and I, you know, I commented to you, like, you know, the first fight. I mean, it didn't help that the first fight was boring, and it was also at eleven o'clock in the morning in Las Vegas. Twelve, uh, I think, or noon, maybe. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it was noon. Um, but it was just, you know, like there was no atmosphere at the very beginning, just because there was hardly anybody there. But as yeah. the people started to roll in, and even by the second fight, you, you know, you you could hear it. And by the end, like it was, it it was different. Like it didn't sound like an arena, but the acoustics were different than what it would sound like an arena. But it sounded like almost like like it was happening in a club, but like a really hot club. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, like you know, you're 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 viewing history of the UFC. Yeah, UFC is not as long as mine is, and you probably I know what you're gonna. I know what you're you gonna probably missed to. a lot of these days. Of, yeah. of those early fight nights that took place at the joint, which was the same same building, or you know, or at you know at the Palms and a lot of WEC shows. That's what it was. Yes, it and felt like a real throwback show. To I the, did see to like a lot of those WEC shows. So yeah, I, yeah, that's a very good comparison. And and some of the and a couple they had a couple of the after a UFC bought Strike Force. I know there was one one show there. I mean, it'd been 2012 since they had run that building, the Ultimate Fighter finale. And, 2012 since they had run that building so so but yeah it was just like a very it felt like a very old school early uh early spike tv era ufc show you know non-pay-per-view event and it was a great great environment and, and crowd was hot and loud a lot of um after the week before when i think every single fighter that was a favorite other than alexa grasso won this show was a lot of underdogs winning and um, that that was interesting, and I don't know if you know there's anything to that. It's probably just the law of averages, you know, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was um, it, it was good. We got to, you know we got some we got some finishes. We got uh, some you know like some surprising results. I thought um, in, in a way like you know obviously with the with the um, with the upsets. But um, I guess uh, take us we'll do we'll do our three stars and I think I let you go first last time so I will go first this time. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah and uh, my first star is going to be Ariana Lipsky, who um, you know she just dominated JG Aldrich and she was a she was a big uh, underdog in that fight and Aldrich, I just think she kind of just didn't know what hit her and and it was like Lipsky, you know, just um, was. She she was like not really doing much damage on the striking, and then just was taking her down. And then Aldrich just didn't really have any anything for her when when they got to the ground. And so Lipsky just kept doing it, and it was just like a very dominant performance. And at one twenty five, you know, with the new champion, um, she is somebody that you know she she lost in her last fight, you know, to somebody who you 
have called the worst fighter. She's not anymore, but mm. um, you know, but that's a big win, JJ Aldrich. And uh, so she's she's probably gonna get like a ranked fighter next. Um, my second my second star is gonna be David Grant, who uh, you know, got a really slick uh, inverted triangle choke uh in a fight that he was losing, I think. Um and uh and and it was 17 seconds left in the fight. And, uh, you know, and he knew his corner told him he was down two rounds. It, it might have been 1-1. Um, I think I had it 2-0. But, you know, if you had it 1-1, that I think a lot of people did. And so Grant knew he had to get a finish in the third round. Or he thought he had to get a finish. He got good coaching. And he went out there and he just never gave up. And, and at the very end, he, he landed that slick choke. And Sunzao was... I think he was trying for some sort of submission as well. And, and, uh, David Grant just got it and, uh, and he choked him. It's very rare. We see that inverted triangle choke. And then, uh, my third star is going to be Nikita Krylov who uh, him and Ryan Spann just went out there and they, I mean, this was originally scheduled for five rounds two weeks ago and now it was three. And these guys look like, okay, we're just, we're doing this in less than five minutes. Like one of us is getting finished and, and they just both went out there and just were pounding on each other. And, uh, Krilov got him down and, uh, or I guess, well, span was kind of on top. And then, uh, Krilov, or was that, did he get the triangle choke from the bottom? I can't remember. Like this yeah, was wild, this fight. Yeah. That's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. Span was on top, but, but Krilov got him in the uh, triangle choke and submitted him three minutes and 38 seconds. But this was a wild fight. And, uh, like, I, I love this fight. Like, it didn't get fight of the night, but it might have been my favorite fight um, on the card, even though, uh, you know, Span lost and I was expecting him to win and I had money on him. But um, it, was, uh, it, it was a fun fight, I thought. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, no disagreements there. Those are three good showings. Uh, my three. Uh, first off, I'm going to go Mario Bautista. Yeah, he I almost just, went with him. Yeah, he just, I mean, he looked fantastic against Guido Canetti. Canetti was, Canetti, his record's not great. He's old, but he's tough. And that's the yeah. thing he's going to, and he, he will try to put you in a dogfight. He tried to do that with Bautista, but Bautista got him down a couple of times, uh, was able to get a, get the back. Uh, Canetti got to the feet and was carrying Bautista. And Bautista actually let go to where he got on his feet had a very nice back suplex takedown takedown that got him right into the rear naked choke and submitted him in the first round, which is great showing. Uh, my second one is, was Bruno Silva, him and oh, yeah. Tyson Nam. They had a really fun first round action packed on the feet. And then Silva came out in the second round, landed a front kick right to the jaw of Nam, dropped him and got on his back and rear naked choke. Uh, Nam went to sleep. Just when when he dropped him there, that's when you knew. That's when you first heard the crowd. That was like yeah. the first big pop. Yeah, yeah. And my third one, uh, I'm going to go with Jonathan Martinez. Now, this to me, this was a big upset. And I thought, yeah, and, yeah. And uh, I thought I didn't think he won the fight. Honestly, I thought Syed Nurmagomedov did enough, like with his wrestling, to win the fight. But Martinez. Martinez hung in there and his striking was better and he was working the takedown, working, you know, the defending the takedowns and, de- and defending on the ground really well and got 29, 28 scorecards across the board, which was a surprise to me. But as far as like a perfor- overall performance, he looked, he looked really good. And Nurmagomedov came in this fight ranked 14th and a lot of guys were avoiding him. And Martinez, I think this is like his fourth straight win or something like that. He's really on the rise at 135. And, and, you know, he, uh, I don't know that he's 
going to be ranked this week, week, but he's very close to that rankings and very close to breaking into that upper echelon at Bantamweight, which continues to be probably the best division in the UFC right now, maybe. Yeah, they mentioned that on yeah. over and over again on the show. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refunds. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I, I had a 29, 28 never ranking off as well. I just checked because I was watching mostly live. So I, I was tweeting out my scores and uh, although using the wrong hashtag, <laughs> uh, but uh, the honestly, like I, I thought it could have almost been 30, 27, like the second round was close and uh, I gave it to Martinez, but I kind of was thinking that some people probably would have given it to Nurmagomedov. And, um, and then, yeah, in the third, like they were all pretty close, all three rounds. Um, but uh, maybe the first round was the most definitive for Nurmagomedov, but um, yeah, it was a good, good win for him. And uh, yeah, I think it was him that was saying that he should be ranked after like in his post-fight interview. Um, in the, or maybe it was the interview yeah, that was yeah, telling him I, he should be, I, I remember one fighter doing that and I think it was him. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, it was, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah uh, those are some good stars there. Um, all right. Take us through the rest of the uh, results. Yeah, it, uh, we started off with a uh, with a catchweight fight at 177 pounds. Jared Gooden, Jared Gooden replaced Abu, Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov on three days' notice. Got down to 177 pounds, missed weight by six pounds. But uh, he fought Carlson Harris, and Harris won unanimous decision, 30-27 across the board. Uh, first fight, first round was all on the feet, just a lot of trading. But it was really the takedowns and grappling control. Uh, for Harris in the last two rounds, that got him the fight, got him the win, and then we had Bruno Silva uh, second round submission over Tyson Nam. Great fun fight while it lasted. I've I've already kind of uh, talked about that one. Then we had Ariane Lipsky over uh, JJ Aldrich thirty twenty seven across the board that you talked about. Uh, personal opinion, I thought this was the best Lipsky's looked in her UFC career, and if she continues to look like that, she's definitely on on the rebound, which is good for her because she's. She's got a very good look and very marketable, but she's just struggled with the results. And if she can put get a run going and get ranked, you know, you know, it'd be good. It'd be good for her, and you know, she could fight in Brazil and and have a good crowd behind her. And then we had a ben, another bantamweight fight: Victor Henry split decision over Tony Gravely, uh, 30-27, 29-28, and then one twenty nine twenty eight for Gravely. Good, very good back and forth fight. Henry's. Volume striking in the second and third round was the big difference in the in in the fight, and uh, just overwhelmed Gravely in the last two rounds. I think the second round he outlanded Gravely like seventy-one to seventeen in significant strikes. 
Jeez. So, yeah, good showing for Henry. Then we had a middleweight fight. Josh Frim, uh, second-round submission over Cedric Dumas. Uh, Dumas <laughs> did not look good in this fight. Uh, Frim just got him down, got him down in the first and the second, and then got a guillotine choke in the second. And uh, Dumas, who has a very, very checkered past in the UFC, you know, in his history, I told, I told our buddy James that uh, that his his uh, his previous record makes John Jones and Conor McGregor look like saints for what it's worth. So, well, hopefully, so, we never see him again. Yeah, he. I think he's talking shit, wanting a rematch on Twitter already. So. <laughs> <laughs> Figures, uh, yeah, I didn't want to get into that too much, but uh, don't defend these guys. People, uh, bantamweight fight next was uh, Davy Grant over Rafael Sunsal. Uh, four minutes, 43 seconds in the third round. We're going to talk more about Sun Sal here in a bit. bit, But, yeah, very good back-and-forth fight. And Grant take, took this fight on a month's notice, living and training in Las Vegas now. So that's why he's not on the London card next week. <laughs> next week, not to mention the fact that they have about 60 U.K. fighters that can only fit so many people on the, on that card. But, uh, yeah, just a great, great fight. Uh, Grant... I think the finish came – he landed the spinning back fist right before the finish. Yeah. Right, yeah, that was right before the finish. And then just – you don't you very rarely see inverted triangle chokes and just the crazy finish, and the sun style went out cold. So, yeah, very good. Yeah, there was something in this we should talk about, right? Um, wasn't this the one where um, the – where he was – they were against the fence and Grant grabbed the cage – and yes. yeah, and exactly. the ref, the ref uh, docked a point from Davy Grant, round, yeah. and then, but then he took away the position. No, um, no. Uh, or he Keith, he stood them up. Keith Peterson did the right did the right thing because because when Davy Grant grabbed the fence and he called the timeout timeout to to take the point away, Grant if he put him back in the position. Grant would have actually been on top in dominant position, so he okay. so he would have been in the dominant position. So not only did he take take the point away from Grant, but he took the dominant position that Grant would have had had they restarted it in the same position. So gotcha. Although I think if a Sunzao had his way, he probably would have preferred to be on the back. But that's besides I, it, the point. Yeah, the, the, I mean, if you're a fighter, you don't want to be on your back. <laughs> so, Fair enough. So yeah, but that was like very late in the fight. Like, yeah, it was in the third round. Third round. I thought Keith. I saw some people mentioning that. And I go like, no, Keith Peterson did the absolute right thing, and he did a great job in okay. doing that. So Fair enough. I give him props. And then uh, closing out the prelims, we got a heavyweight fight. Carl Williams unanimous decision over Lucas Bresky. A lot of just big takedowns from Williams, yeah. and there was one time where they, where they clinched and they crashed into the fence, into the side of the fence, and it knocked the cameraman back. And and like it's one of these things. Like definitely, good thing this fence is like reinforced because <laughs> because if this was like a, you know, we see regional some of the show, sh- yeah. shoddy regional shows shows if these if these boys crashed into one of those sides of one of those, like it might have just fell over that's how big these guys were tired by the end of this fight they were tired at the end and it was it was you know kind of your heavy heavy blue light blue light heavyweight special but uh it was it you know it was fun it wasn't one of those kind of like kind of like middling heavyweight fights that kind of just drag this one had a little bit of fun to it because williams was getting a lot of slam takedowns and and keeping it interesting and they were they were big takedowns but uh yeah but uh and then uh main card we kicked off a light heavyweight fight v- vitor petrino unanimous decision over anton tercali 
they had a really good fight back and forth, back and forth, lots of takedowns for both guys, lots of, lots of craziness on the feet, feet. Uh, we'll go over the bonuses in a minute, but they were very well deserving of what they got. And yeah, mm-hmm. very fun fight. Then we had a uh, Mario Batista uh, submission over Guido Canetti that I talked about. Then Jonathan Martinez unanimous decision over his side and your Then Nikita Krylov, the first round submission over Ryan Spann. Then one fight we really didn't talk about because there ain't much to talk about on it, the co-main event. Alexander Volkov finished Alexander Romanov two minutes and 16 seconds. Romanov looked like somebody who did not train for the fight. He, uh, I think his last fight in August, he weighed around 236, and this one he weighed just under 265. So, the, yeah. yeah, and he did not look – like he did not look a good 265. We'll put it that way. And he landed, he landed zero strikes in this fight. Was going for, going for takedown. Went for two takedowns, and on the second one, Volkov sprawled and took the back and just started landing a whole bunch of punches to get the finish. He quit. He yeah. basically, yeah. He he quit the, he quit on the first takedown. Yeah. And granted, granted, Volkov kind of grabbed the cage to make sure he didn't get take the, taken down. But uh, after that, after he couldn't get him down that first time, he was. It's like the guy just. This cage grabbing, they gotta do something about it because it's getting it's, really bad. It's getting really bad because it's getting really bad because fighters have learned that they can grab it a couple times and and there be and there's no penalties. Yeah. So they feel they feel like they get three free shots at grabbing it. <laughs> yeah. Like if they would just take it right away, you would see less. Hard it. warning: the first one, second one's a point. No. So third, third one's a DQ. I'm at the point where no hard warning. It's happening. Fair, fair enough. Much. Fair enough. It's yeah. happening too much, and you you know you, you're told you're told backstage all the rule all the rules before every fight. No grabbing the fence. No this. No that. You know, you know grabbing the fence is is a blatant thing. It's not like a it's not like a low blow or an eye poke where you know accidents happen. And it and it changes a fight. It does. It, yeah. it absolutely changes the fight. Yeah. And then uh, the the uh, main event was last. Marab Davalshvili just. A machine decision over Piotrion. Yep, and uh, so we didn't get a uh, gate at the uh, at the at the hotel, but it looked like maybe like fifteen hundred, two thousand people. Um, and uh, the fight of the night went to uh, Petrino and Turcalge, as you hinted at. And uh, performance of the nights went to David Grant and Bruno Silva. So there, I, I was surprised that they didn't give one to Marab Devellishvili because they usually do in the main event, and he certainly. Uh, I've seen worse fighter, like worse performances that got five, uh, performance bonus. So, but uh, yeah, very deserving winners there, and uh, good, good for them. So, um, yeah, so that that was the uh, that was the show, and now, like I said, we have the big London pay per view coming up, and it's an earlier show, as uh, I was uh, pointing out to you on Twitter, and I was I didn't realize this until till the show because I know they've done well at least once, or maybe just once. They've done the later show from London, and uh, as you mentioned, that didn't go well because it doesn't end until like 5 a.m., and um, they, they probably have curfews and stuff over there. But they're starting the show, the prelims, at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. I think the main card's at, was it 3? 3 Eastern? 2, two uh, Central? Uh, main, card, uh, main, card's at, main card's at 5 Eastern. Five Eastern, okay. So that's yeah, that's a great time. Main cards at five. Yeah. Main cards yeah. at five Eastern. Uh, f- uh, the early prelims at one Eastern, and the main prelims at three Eastern. 
I think I I don't know for some reason like I think it, it would almost do better on a card like this like I I like watching these fights in like the late afternoon early evenings I remember one a couple of years ago the there was one with Colby Covington that was I think it was like on ABC or something and that just uh, felt bigger you know like main event was start at like seven our time or something um, you, know, you remember the one I'm talking about right yeah the Robbie or, Lawler fight that was on ESPN yeah there in New yeah Jersey. Trump Trump was there. Um, yeah, it was, uh, but, uh, this was, this is, uh, this is from London. It's a rematch, uh, Leon Edwards defending his title against Kamara Usman. And, uh, this will be, you know, these, they're going to have a hot, hot crowd. Um, a rare case, well, kind of rare case where the champion is a, you know, pretty sizable underdog, but the way the last fight went, it shouldn't be that surprising. And, uh, you know, most of the card is UK fighters against, you know, non-UK fighters. Um, although that is not the case in the co-main event, which is a great uh, co-main event for a pay-per-view with um, Justin Gaethje and Rafael Fizayev. And uh, it's a fight I'm surprised Gaethje's even taking, but, um, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a brawler. He's a fighter. <laughs> Gaethje's got that dog in him, like they like they say. Just you know, yeah, just absolutely. The, the fight anyone, any any time kind of mentality. And there's a there's a fight on this card that I think is designed to make a star, and we'll, we'll get to that. But um, the we'll we'll talk about the main event and uh, Leon Edwards and I. I wonder what Kamara Usman learned from the first fight. I wonder if Leon Edwards, it's, you know, going to figure out a way to not get dominated for the majority of the fight, or if he's just going to hope for that Hail Mary shot like he had last time, which again, you know, he claims he planned for and maybe he did, but um, I mean, he was losing that fight and he was going to lose yeah. a 50, 45 uh, decision before he knocked out Usman. But I think Usman's going to be motivated uh, I was just talking to somebody at my office today about um, about this, and I'm hoping he's actually going to listen to the show. So, um, you know, shout out to Donovan if uh, if you're listening. Uh, but uh, it was not that long ago that we had three African-born champions in the UFC, and now none of them are champions again, and one of them's not well, even in the UFC. Right, well, Aljamain, he's Jamaican. Yeah, he's that's not Africa. Yeah, he's Jamaican. <laughs> but but he, he 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 lumps himself in in with that. Okay, he lumps well, himself in with that group. So. Well, yeah, well, all Jermaine is a piece of work. Um, but yeah. no, you, you know what I mean. You, you know, Camaro and Israel and uh, and um, Francis. Francis. Yeah, and uh, you know, and now you know this will be the first. We saw some adversity last year for the first time. You know, Francis didn't lose his belt, but you know he gave it up, and then the other two lost their belts in fights that they were expected to win. So here is uh, we're going to see if if one of them can get them back and. I do think Guzman's going to take it back. And I honestly, I, I think he's going to finish him. I, I don't know how, but I think he's going to be motivated. And, um, but I, you know, I mean, it's not like Leon's not going to be motivated himself. And this should be a great fight. Here, here's the questions I have. Usman, we, uh, we talked about this a few months ago about the fight being, you know, when's it going to happen? Is Usman going to be in the fight? Because yeah. there, was that, there was that hand injury. Had he been recovered from the hand hand injury? You know, we'll, you know, we'll see if that has any, any effects, you know, if he's cleared from it, you know, he's cleared from it to fight, but let's see if he's like, you know, fully recovered from it, from it. And the environment, Usman's going to mm-hmm. be, in an environment where he's never been, that he's never been in, to where it's just like crazy rabid for Leon Edwards, because because if there's one thing England loves, it loves supporting their fighters, 
and and especially if those fighters become champions because because that's it's been such a rarity during their storied history of having so many UFC fighters. You only had Michael Bisping, mm-hmm. you know, and and we remember that crowd when Bisping fought Dan Henderson, and that was happening at four a.m. and it was a raucous crowd. And this one's gonna this one you know that fight's gonna be going on at eleven o'clock at night over over there. You're gonna have a crazy crowd crowd. So. uh and you know Edwards is going to get jacked up, jacked up from that crowd. I think they're that con- crowd. consuming some Guinness, <laughs> <laughs> probably a lot of stuff. So, yeah. So, but but yeah, but as far as like when you look at it on paper, Usman should win just stronger, stronger takedowns. But uh, Ed Edwards, he's 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 very underrated and he's very surprising. And it wouldn't surprise me if he has a, he has a finish like like. Likely you did last time, you know, the thing about getting knocked out once, especially if you had never been knocked out, you start being more susceptible in the future to be, to being knocked out again. So it may be a little more cautious. Yeah. Yeah. And Usman might fight a little bit more cautious, which could, yeah. it could end up being a boring fight. You know, these guys, these guys are very, they're very good and they're very like, they're very like. They fight so smart that. Well, let's be honest. The last fight was pretty boring until the finish. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, it was also in Utah with that altitude yeah, there. Yeah, there. So, so they don't won't have that. They won't have that. But uh, but yeah, but uh, yeah. How long's uh, how long's Usman been uh in UK? I assume he's there already. Yeah, he's they're they're all there already already. But I mean, yeah, he is he going to be used to the you know fighting you know the different time and everything? Is that going to be? That's never an issue. Okay. Okay. Well, well, because you just you, you're technically fighting at the same time as you would. Well, that's what I mean. But you got to your body clock has to adjust. Your body clock is adjust. But, but I, I, I've never really felt like the UK adjustment is is as bad as other places like okay, like Japan and Australia and all that you know kind of thing. But yeah, it should be uh, again. Should be uh, yeah. I, 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 for just for the crowd. I mean, yeah. regardless of what the fight's going to be, we know one hundred percent the crowd is going to be hot. Yeah. Um, you know, and and this is one like I'm surprised. Like even just looking at the card, like it's not the standard guys that you usually see on these cards. You know, um, you know, like your lately, you know, like your Patty and and uh, you know, Molly and. Uh, we don't have uh, what's his name, um, my my guy Paul Craig, and uh, you know all those like it's it's a different crew here, but uh, you know they're definitely you know some favorites and some yeah. some stars that they're hoping to make in that market. So yeah, and then uh, on the co-main event, real quick. Yeah, the, yeah absolutely. Uh, I was going to get to that. Yeah, Gaethje and Fiziev. Uh, <laughs> if you're expecting anything less than absolute fireworks, you, you know that's you should be expecting fireworks. Just a Gaethje. Uh, every fight he's been in since he's joined the UFC has been absolutely incredible fights. And Fiziev is a guy who's going who's gonna to fight on the feet. Gaethje, I think, is going to be a huge favorite in that arena, just because he's he's one of he's one of those guys that where wherever he go, goes, the crowd loves him just because and of he, his and fighting he's style. In, yeah, and he's insane. Yeah, his fighting style and his insanity, and like I said, and that dog that he has in him, and. God, I I have no idea who's going to win this fight, and I don't know that I care because because I'm <laughs> expecting a fight of the year contender here. Yeah, I mean it's it's just going to be you know like Fiziev is twelve and one, and yeah. I think uh, nine finishes, and uh, you know in those twelve fights, and most of them you know are are violent, 
yeah. and um and and geishi i mean we all know about geishi geishi you know i mean you could have a quick finish you could have a 15 minute war yeah. and it's not gonna be boring Gacy's on the the all time all violence team. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. No, he's yeah, he's with you know with um you know I mean you know all the guys we talk about Ferguson and Oliveira and Chandler. I mean I mean like all violent teams. So we're talking we're talking Gacy, Poirier, Robbie Lawler, Carlos Diego Diego in the day. You know yeah maybe in the day. Who else is all Matt Brown? Yeah, all violent. I'm trying to think who else is all violent, like just Chandler to an extent. <laughs> wow, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, Eddie yeah. Alvarez, <laughs> Eddie Alvarez, Gilbert Melendez, you know, yeah. like, yeah. yeah, that's just your, you I know, mean, even, even Holloway, Holloway Anderson, at times, Anderson Silva in his prime, yeah. Yeah. Vitor, Vitor, TRT Vitor. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, this is uh this is going to be fun. And uh and the winner, you know, like I mean it's an important fight too. Like the winners could be in line for a title shot. Yeah, um, especially you know, with, with the new champion. With new champion, yeah. Fiziev, yeah. I actually think uh it, that would be interesting because he he would still be behind Poirier and to be behind Darius if Darius beats Oliveira. That's that's yeah. the big key. That's the big fight everybody needs to be paying attention to. At lightweight, and we're still kind of less than two months away from that. Darius and Oliveira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Where's that fight happening again? In, in, uh, in uh, Newark. Newark, right in May. Yeah, which they confirmed as, this week. As reported uh, after you reported it like a week before they they announced it. Yeah, <laughs> and even all those people who were telling me telling me because of that Mexican reporter putting putting uh, putting Cinco de Mayo. In Dana's mind, in Vegas. Well, Dana was flat out asked at the press conference, and he wouldn't. He wouldn't answer. I mean, he yeah. basically, you know, and and they were looking for him to give that answer, and yeah, it was just he like, wasn't going to answer it because they had already signed the deal. <laughs> I will tell you people something. If and this goes for this goes for MMA, especially definitely in MMA. But if Ryan reports something. He he's not just saying it, <laughs> like he's got it confirmed. Ryan's an actual reporter, and he confer he checks his stories. And I mean, you explained last week how you know how you came to that, and uh, and you were right. So yeah, um, you know, don't question Ryan. Just just take it for I, what it's worth. I may be more accurate. I'm definitely good to go on on you on MMA news. Yeah, you're not Correct. reporting because you hear. 10 times more than what you actually report. Yeah. Cause you, you wait until, you know, it's, it's confirmed before you actually are going to put your name to it. Yeah. Um, the pro which, wrestling stuff. It's just that that's always a man. That's always, that's always shaky ground because people want to change, change stories in that. Well, the, that but the, story. but the information is accurate. It's just, sometimes things changes. Just, yeah. Things yeah. change. Things change. Whereas MMA, like there's none of this plans change kind of thing. Thing. Okay. You know. No, exactly. No, I mean, I mean, sometimes plans do change, but yeah, I mean, but it's usually because most... of like, usually because like somebody's hurt, or exactly. Something like that, or, yeah, or somebody became available that wasn't previously. So, but they're not booking a show and telling se- season ticket holders and season yeah. pass holders that the show's happening on this date, yeah. and then just saying, "Oh, hey, it's Cinco de Mayo that weekend. Let's do a fight in Vegas." Like it's just not happening. I mean, it could have, but it wasn't gonna. To me, to me, it felt like more like they would add a, have added a show on yeah. Friday, which would have been actually on Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, and they could have done that. They could have yeah. put it at the Virgin. Yeah. Um, but uh, the the um, the other fight I wanted to talk about in the main card before we yeah. do like our standard preview is uh, you probably know um, Casey O'Neill 
and yeah. Jennifer Maya, because I think this this is positioned to put her, especially again with a new champion in the division, um, they're going to want people talking about Casey O'Neill as a potential title contender, and this is a yeah. big big fight for her. And and this is actually a late switch. Uh, there was a, it was as of. Uh, <clears throat> they actually switched up the card on Saturday because originally this fight was buried all the way down in the early prelims, and there was a lot of criticism of of you have these two two ranked flyweight flyweights, you know, one of them who they're building as a big prospect, and it was going to be the third fight on the show. Where whereas you had uh, no offense to these two, but but you had Joanne Wood against Luana Carolina on the main on the main card. I mean, Joanne Woods, yeah. arguably name. bigger name than any of the other yeah. three, but this is a big fight. This is a big fight, and, and Casey O'Neill is somebody you want to build up because because she's got star potential. She's got she's a great talker, great look, great fighter, undefeated. So, yeah. and so. Uh, Scottish, so she's going to be big time crowd favorite. Yeah, um, twenty five years old. I mean, she's got future champion written all over her, right. and. Um, yeah, this is uh yeah, so I, I kinda and and I I hope I shouldn't say hope, but but I'm kinda half expecting a uh a a, a finish and a impressive one. And Jennifer Maya is a tough opponent, former title challenger, um I think former Invicta champion, right? Um yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so, yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, so yeah, it's a big name. I mean, she's she's had some losses, but she's, you know, all the losses are to like top contenders and champions. So um, you know, it's yeah. uh, uh, she she was one of the very few people that won around against Valentina Shevchenko until absolutely, until yeah, recently. that was kind of the first kink in the armor, really, um, for uh, you yeah. know, for her, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah so um, I guess uh, take give us the three fights to watch here. Okay, uh, my first one is going to be it's on the main card, a middleweight fight. Marvin Vittori against Roman Delize. Uh Vittori, take take what he take his mouth out of the equation. He's he comes to fight, and Delize is on an, an impressive run. Run, I think he's won. Foot, uh, I'm looking it up. Uh, four in a row. But three by knockout in the in the first two within the first two rounds, coming off a big finish with Jack Herm- Hermanson, uh, three straight performance of the night bonuses. Uh, you know, it's a chance for Delize to put himself to stamp himself as a title contender. So that's a that's a good fight right there. Uh, secondly, I'm gonna go flyweight fight that a guy who I've been building up for a long time, Muhammad Mukayev against Jafel Filo. Uh, Philo is making his UFC debut, but he's got a very solid 14 and two record. Uh, Mokayev probably deserved a bigger name, but at the same time, nobody wants to fight the guy and he wanted to fight in England. So nobody wants to go to England to fight this guy, fight this guy. But, uh, yeah, Mokayev has got future champion written all over him, but, it, but Philo is going to give him a, give him a tough fight. So yeah, that's number two. And number three, I'm actually going to go with the uh, featured prelim featherweight fight. Jack Shore against Maquan Amir Khani. Uh, Shore's coming off his first career loss. He's moving up to featherweight. Um, he's Amir uh, Khani, you know, Mr. Finland. He's, he's hit or miss. He, he, sometimes he looks really great and sometimes he looks really bad, but I don't like this matchup for him because Jack Shore's really great. And I think 145 is going to be good for him. And if he, if Shore starts building wins at 145, that's another really good fighter thrown in that division. So yeah, those are 
those are there's a lot of good fights on this show a lot a lot of people that it's a lot of people that people don't know because there's a lot of uk fighters but but the quality of these uk fighters and especially some of these newcomers are very high up there uh mr finland's a big favorite in the uk uh usually um, but I don't think he's going to be in this fight. Yeah. Um, but so I, uh, I will give you, I, I got a good parlay here. I didn't do my ROI picks, but, um, I like, um, I like Joanne Wood against Luana Carolina. I think that she's going to have the crowd behind her. Um, and, uh, Mohammed Mikhaev, I think you can throw him on a parlay. Cause I think that's, I think that fights there for him to win. And, uh, Casey O'Neill. And if you if you bet if you do those three in a parlay, you're gonna you're gonna get about three to one, and I think that's that's good value for your money on on that. So because um, I think there's a good chance that all three of those win, um, and uh, yeah. So I and there's a couple if I you know I would do my three to watch, but I, there's so many fights on this card I'm looking forward to, um, most especially honestly the opener, which is not a UK fight. So you know what if. Uh, if our friend uh, Ariel had his way, maybe you could have put this fight on the Vegas card and, and moved Davy Grant over to. Uh... It, it kind of is, and I'll explain it to you. Okay, well, you you do that because you you can run down the card now. So who's the who's the UK fighter here? Okay, so the card kicks off with a women's flyweight fight. Uh, Juliana Miller, who won the most recent Ultimate Fighter, is fighting Veronica Hardy as she's going. Oh, I know who this is. Yeah, Veronica Macedo. Yeah. Uh, she she married Dan Hardy. So right. okay. she's now going by Veronica Hardy and now living and training in England. So is he there. is he trainer too? Is he gonna be yeah. in the corner? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he should be in the corner. <laughs> you know, he, he famously had that falling out when he was an announcer. I don't think yeah. that would affect his corner status. Okay. But uh yeah. But yeah, but that that's your UK tie in on this fight. All now. right. All right, so we got that. That kicks off, kicks off the show. Then we have a lightweight fight: Jai Herbert against Ludovic Klein. That should be a fun, fun fight. Those two, both those two, both like to stand and trade on the feet. Then we have the women's flyweight fight: Joanne Wood against Luana Carolina. Then we have another flyweight fight: Jake Hadley against Malcolm Gordon. Middleweight fight: Christian Leroy Duncan against Dusko Todorovic. Uh, then we have a featherweight fight: Lerone Murphy against Gabriel Santos. And then we got a flyweight fight, Muhammad Mokayev against Jafel Filo. Lightweight fight, Sam Patterson against Inal Ashmaz. Another lightweight fight, Chris Duncan, who had a uh, who, who had a memorable uh, fight on the Contender Series this past this past season that I remember. Remember back and forth fight that he won by knockout in the second round. He's debuting against Omar Morales, and then your featured prelim, Jack Short against Macwan Amirkani. Then the main card, middleweight fight, Marvin Vittori against Roman Dolidze. Jennifer Maya against Casey O'Neill. One fight we didn't talk about on the main card, welterweight fight, Gunnar Nelson against Ryan Barberina. That should be that should be pretty fun fight. Gunnar's a big-time UK favorite, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then we have uh, Gaethje against Fiziev. And the main event, Leon Edwards defending the UFC welterweight title against Kamaru Usman. We got six undefeated fighters on this card. Uh, Casey O'Neill, Yanel Oshmas. Uh, Mohammed Makayev, two of them going against each other, Lauren Murphy and Gabriel Santos and Christian Leroy Duncan. And then like a handful of other fighters that only have one loss. So a lot of, like you said, I mean, names that maybe people aren't totally familiar with, but some definite star potential and future contenders um, probably on this card. One of these ones that you probably look back on in like five years and be like, wow, this card was loaded, you know, um, hopefully. I mean, if, if things go according to plan. Um, yeah, and so, so where are the prelims this time? 
Uh, the prelims are on ESPN Plus, of course, and uh, and uh, the two hours is on ESPN News. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think yeah. This week, no ABC. Uh, we got uh, no is Mart Madness start this week? Yeah, but that's on Turner Networks and CBS. Okay. so that does nothing on ESPN does affect. Uh, okay. No, uh, and the uh, featured prelims, uh, the ESPN lineup shows five fights on there, so there may be four fights or maybe five fights. I don't okay really know. So I guess uh, being on ESPN News, it probably doesn't matter. Yeah, um, you're not going to get a ton of viewership for this, but <laughs> There's, uh, we don't know the ESPN News is even tracked by Nielsen. So. I know, I know, it's so, like. So. Uh, but uh, you know, again, I think like I think a real good portion, especially the people that buy the pay per views, are watching these prelims on ESPN Plus. Yeah, it's it's so much more convenient. The only yeah. the only downside is is the little there's about a ten second delay between between like watching it on ESPN as opposed to ESPN Plus. So. Oh, so you were probably getting that on uh, when I was live tweeting my scores on uh, when I was live at the pay-per-view. Yeah, uh, you were yeah. definitely ahead. You okay. Know, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, all right. So, yeah, that's uh, that. And so the, the other thing I could see is that, you know, maybe people forgetting that the show is is on uh, early and, uh, you know, that could affect things, too. But, yeah. um, you know, hopefully, hopefully not. I think ESPN will be pushing it all week. So, yeah. And the thing about the thing about these, the the one thing that you have advantage of on, in the streaming world is you can buy that pay-per-view at any time of, yep. ahead of the week and watch it anytime you want. Yeah, so if you really have to watch if you if like if you can't watch it live at four o'clock our time, but but you can get around to it at six, you can start it right from the beginning. Just just avoid the internet. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, and the other thing is like a lot of like you know people you know and probably you're closer to your age or maybe even a little bit younger yeah. would probably rather watch it you know at you know like in the early evening and then they can go out for the night. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, show's gonna be over by you know eight o'clock, seven o'clock maybe. So. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, all and, right. Uh, and of course, we also live in a different age where yeah. where people are deciding like the day of the show to buy the buy shows these days, you know, because they're looking at financials and everything. So, yeah. All right. So that's UFC 286. And uh, again, Friday, uh, Saturday on uh, ESPN Plus and uh, prelims on ESPN2. So we have our in the clinch question of the week. And I, I like this one. Um and uh, so you ask the question. I want I, I want to okay. hear your I want to hear you ask it because I okay. have some ideas. But yeah, and and there was a very specific re- reason why I'm asking this question. A very specific reason why I held off on talking about something that I could have earlier. But anyway, the question of the week is: Dana White calls you up. He's looking for an I just an idea, like like he's run out. Yep. He's he's just looking for ideas from outside people. Outside people, it could be a fight fight to make. It could be a business decision. It could be a holding a specific event at a specific okay. location at a specific time. But what idea are you giving him? So I have one that I'm pretty sure is going to be your answer. So I'm not going to give it. Okay. And uh, so I will. I'm going to go out of the box on this one, and I'm going to tell Dana that he he should. Um, he should go get into business with uh, with all elite wrestling, and and start uh, doing some I don't know combined shows or maybe even like an offshoot pro wrestling promotion or some sort of a hybrid with AEW. And I, I think those two could be good media partners and put on some interesting shows. And um, yeah, I just think you know that would be something better than than what he did uh, you know with uh, 
with this power slap league that just wrapped up. Um, so yeah, that, that's would be my idea. And he'd probably hang up the phone and call me an idiot and, uh, and then call you and then you're going to give him a better idea. Okay. My idea, I talked about it on Twitter this past week. I know what you're going to say this past weekend, past weekend. And it has to do with this past weekend show and yep. watching that in that environment. We know from the Endeavor call that they're still going to utilize the apex apex. Here's what I would do. I would take whatever whatever number of shows you're going to run at the Apex here. If it's six, cut a deal with either Virgin Hotels, Resort World, some some place that has a venue with that seats about a thousand twelve hundred people. Cut a residency deal. Cosmo. Uh, <coughs> yeah, possibly. You know, possibly Cosmo. Any, anything Park MGM, but cut cut a deal with those. Cut a residency deal with those two. The big thing about the them wanting to keep everything at the apex is they have the production already set up and they don't have yeah. to they don't have to do anything. Cut it cut a deal to where to where the hotel is paying for the production setup and production teardown. 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 And uh just make a residency six times a year, six, eight times a year, have shows at the at, at these venues. First of all, these some of these hotels like the Virgin, like Resorts World. They could use the foot traffic like mm-hmm. they're like I hear like I'm very in on like the Vegas scene scene and, and I'm hearing stuff. And like I hear stuff like Resorts World is struggling, struggling for business and all that, all that. You get all that added foot traffic from people, from people coming to coming to your hotel and casino casino for a fight night. So now you're getting all those restaurants, all your restaurants, your bars, your casino floor. Get extra foot traffic on those nights. On those nights, it's also more convenient for fans because, granted, the apex is not that far off the strip, but you're still having to set up, set up, you know, transportation, cabs, Ubers. Those aren't getting any cheaper these days. So no. that's that's another added expense. Plus, these tickets of these apex shows are such a ridiculous price. <laughs> Whereas you can make, you know, because what they do is, let's be honest, they they have a very limited number. Yeah, they've been saying that they're going to expand the expand the venue to a thousand seats. But if you could cut this deal, why would you bother expanding to a thousand seats? Yeah. Seats yeah. there. Keep so it for I, tough. Keep it for the ultimate fighter, and keep it for yeah. power slap. But even though they're taking power slap to Abu Dhabi, which is a whole other thing. Same, but uh, <laughs> yeah, just cut cut a deal. Cut a deal. Yeah. Deal. It works out bad. It works out for the it works out for the hotel and casino casinos because they get more traffic. They get you know people possibly staying at yeah. those hotels at those hotels for the for the show, and then and then the UFC gets paid the same. So that's all that that's all it is. That's that's the idea I would give them. So my 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 <laughs> idea was very similar to what you just said, but yeah. I would even go one step further, and they could buy one of these places. And, you know, and, and you could market it and, you know, you can have like, you know, selling, you know, the rooms to fans and, you know, you, you have fighters staying in the hotel too. So that's like a plus for them. I, they might get to meet fighters. And I think that's what they were going to do whenever the Fertitas bought the Palms. Yeah. 
Yeah. They, they had started kind of something like that. And then, of course, of course, the Fertitas sold UFC and then ended up yeah. selling the Palms. So. But the Endeavor, you know, especially like a smaller venue like that, you know, just off the strip, um, you know, it, I think would be would be ideal. And then, you know, and then not only are you, you know, you're making the money from the venue, from the broadcast, from, you know, the hotel, the casino, um, all that, you know, say, yeah. So but but your your idea, I mean, is safer for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, definitely and better UFC, than what they're doing now. Yeah. And UFC has been big on setting up deals lately with places that will pay him site fees. Absolutely. So, yeah. It, yeah. It, it happened, happened in Abu Dhabi, Singapore, Perth, the show in Utah was a, well, even, a paid show. even, uh, even the, uh, T-Mobile shows, right? Like they're getting a, they, they getting, got a deal getting, there where they have to do three deals, or four yeah, shows. Where they have to do four shows a year at T-Mobile. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that was a that was a good question. And uh, if you're if you're listening and you you have any thoughts on that, or if you have any other ideas, let us hit us up on Twitter. Let us know. Uh, maybe it'll give us something to talk about. Or if you even have a question that you want us to tackle, um, yeah. let us know. Send yeah, us a Twitter, Twitter, or send us a message if you want to join join yeah. our Discord where we Absolutely. talk about we're talking about MMA amongst every little thing you could talk about about life. Yeah, Absolutely. Just, yeah. yeah. If there's something to talk about, there's a, there's a channel in there. Yeah. Um, even babies and pets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you want, if you want to talk about booze, food, traveling, conspiracy theories, football, <laughs> baseball, NASCAR, MMA, wrestling, even power slap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, if you just want to bullshit about anything, anything where, you know, there's even fun. a trap. There's even a, a channel called off topic BS. Yeah, yeah, just about about anything, you know. We all have have fun in there, fun in there. Absolutely. All right, we have to talk about segment, uh, our our, uh, flagship segment of this show. And uh, you've hinted at both of these earlier on, but uh, we saw uh, two retirements. And uh, these are OGs uh, from, I think they're both from WC, right, Suntel? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so you know these these are going back like fifteen years, maybe more. And uh, former lightweight champion Benson Henderson, a Sun Sao, I probably fought the most out of like anyone in UFC that didn't fight in a title fight. I think I think they said that on the show. Maybe um, yeah, possibly. yeah, so, something like that. Like he had some insane number of minutes in 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 the in the octagon, and uh, yeah, and they both retired. I mean, honestly, one of them was you know went out you know looking pretty bad and the other one looked i thought he looked really good and you know easily could have won that fight you know rafael Sanzo, obviously i'm talking about uh, could easily could have won that fight against davy grant yeah uh, but benson you know I, I didn't see the fight but i saw the result and i heard you talk about it and, and honestly like the last few times i've seen benson henderson it's like okay you know even when he wins he's not terribly impressive he's been in bellator for god it feels like 10 years and he's I, done I nothing I think his Bellator run is longer than his than his Zufa run, you know, WC yep. and UFC. So I remember writing about Benson Henderson. I did an article um, when he re- when he left UFC, and I predicted that it wasn't going to go well. <laughs> so I, I I'm going to call him that one a win. Um, you know, just that I thought UFC was right to not resign him, and uh, you know at the time, and and they got a lot of criticism, and most of those decisions that they made turned out to be right. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty rare that they cut someone and, and then, you know, it's like, oh man, that guy just lit the world on fire after you, after he left. But, um, but yeah, Sun Tao was kind of snuck up. My, I wasn't expecting it, but you know, maybe I should have, I didn't realize how old he was. Um, doesn't look that old when he's fighting. 
So uh, give, give me your thoughts on these two. Yeah, I mean, Unsung Sentinel is 40 years old, 40 years old, and uh, he had that run where he had lost four straight, four straight, including two brutal knockout losses. And uh, when he fought Victor Henry back in October, you know, there's a lot of talk that was going to be his retirement fight if he had he lost, but he won and looked great in that fight. And just decide, I think he was one of those guys who, at his age, he was going to fight until he lost. And the way he lost to Davy Grant kind of signaled, yeah, you know. I lost. I'm 40. I got finished. Yeah, my contract's you know coming up soon. Soon, it's a good time to walk away. And he's, you know, he he's a great fighter. He had an incredible run uh, when he came in the UFC. He lost his he lost his debut to Eric Eric Koch at uh, UFC 128. I'm counting up real quick. I just... Yeah, but after that, he had a he had a run where he was eleven and one over twelve fights, over twelve fights, and including a seven fight win streak. And some of the names of that he beat during that run, he beat T.J. Dillashaw, and Dillashaw ended up beating him in the rematch, which was that one in that eleven one run. But he beat Dillashaw, beat Pedro Munoz, beat Aljamain Sterling, beat Marlon Moraes, beat Rob Font. Like that guy could have got a title shot at that at that point after they were all fought. But then he had those struggles where he, you know, got submitted by Marlon Marias, lost the decision to Corey Sanhagen, and then got knocked out by Cody Garbrandt and Ricky Ricky Simone, which kind of started the end of his career. But uh <clears throat> a sunset, very, very underrated. I felt like he's a very underrated fighter for his entire career there. There, so uh, I think he uh, said uh, he ends with the most total fight time in UFC bantamweight history at just under four hours of fight. That was that was the stat that uh, that I heard. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, Benson Henderson, uh, former WEC champion, former former UFC champion, had one of the all time great great fights in WEC history. The uh, very last fight. In WEC history, which I I think was the best fight in WEC history, him him and Anthony Pettis when Pettis did the cage cage yeah. walk, cage one walk. of the one of the last. Where was it? The last fight? That was the very last fight in yeah. WEC yeah. history, and it's probably the best fight best fight in that promotion's history. And then he went to the UFC, went straight to the UFC after that. Beat Mark Bocek, beat Jim Miller, had a great fight against Clay Guida on that first UFC on Fox show. That was and nobody saw. <laughs> uh, well, I, I saw it because they, I was there and they showed it on Facebook, but yeah, but that, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that's then, the thing people don't remember. Like the prelims used to, uh, yeah, they aired on Facebook, but n- like nobody, I mean, some people did and you did, yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's not like when they, when they put them on fight pass, I mean, the, the, uh, the, the audience probably like was like 10 times <laughs> on yeah. fight pass what it was on Facebook. Yeah. And of course the Facebook was, was the test. Yeah. It's the test for fight pass. So, yeah. So, but uh, but then after that, beat Frankie Edgar for the title, d- defended defended against Edgar in the rematch, title defenses over Nate Diaz and Gilbert Melendez, before losing again, lost the title to Pettis. So, so that's his own. Both of his title losses during Zufa were to Anthony Pettis, and then you know just kind of fought a bunch, and then left the UFC just looking for something different. Went to Bellator had. You know, had mixed mixed success there. He I think he had a overall like a five hundred record record. Yeah, I mean there. he he went right into like he I actually pulled up an article that I wrote on it was actually on my forty fifth birthday. 
February 2nd, 2016, um, I wrote uh, an article about, you know, that he'd been signed to uh, fa- to fight for the welterweight title in his first uh, Bellator fight and um, against Andre Korshkov, the champion at the time. And yeah, he kind of, you know, and then he went went back to middle uh, to lightweight and, uh, you know, yeah, like you said, mixed. And I guess this was kind of his last hurrah, you know, take a shot at a million bucks, yeah, but yeah. it wasn't going to happen. I mean, and they gave him a really bad first round matchup. Yeah. Uh, you know, because even like we talked about it last week, even if he was going to, you know, the, we kind of both, I think we both said like, or at least I did. I remember what I said. I can't remember exactly what you said, but we ex- I expected this to go the distance, but it was just going to be like a 50-45. Yeah, and it might have yeah. been off. And luckily, I, uh, what were you going to say? Uh, no. Oh, I, had a, I had a question after you finished. Uh, go ahead. Ask a question. Oh, uh, my question was, you know, I can already say no on this one to Rafael Sunsal, but Benson Henderson is an interesting question on this. Okay. Does Hall of Fame? Go, does he go into the UFC Hall of Fame? You know what? I I think he deserves to, but I don't think he will. Yeah, I could see. Even Maybe they'll put that fight in, the Henderson-Pettis fight. Even though the Pettis fight was in WEC, I could see them putting that in. And I could even see them potentially putting, putting the Clay Guida fight and even though they have Clay Guida in there with the fight already, so maybe that doesn't make sense. But, but I think he's like one of those borderline candidates, just because. And I think just because his Bellator run was so long, so long, you know, and he didn't end his career in the UFC. I think that kind of that kind of hurts him in their yeah. eyes. So, but I, I he's, think he's he's a borderline candidate for me. Funny thing is, is is I think like. I think Donald Cerrone and Jim Miller are both better Hall of Fame candidates, and neither one of them had a title. Yeah, but yeah, you know, it's just the way it is. It's the know, way it is, yeah. And not every champion is going to be a UFC Hall of Famer, but but yeah. he just had he had so much success in WEC and UFC, UFC that that he's got a pretty good case. What about what about uh, would you put Pedersen? Yes, I would put Pedersen. Okay, I don't think he's getting in. But I, I, I mean, I, I would, I would, but I don't know that he is getting in. So yeah, just because again, you know, like he left, you know, kind of in the middle of his career, and um, you know, not. And Henderson is like he, I, I don't think he's had bad things to say about UFC, but never really had much good to say about them. And he had a chance, you know, at his belt, his original Bellator contract ran out, and he could have gone. I think he had an offer from UFC, but he, he, he stayed with Bellator. Um for you know to finish his career so yeah um all right and uh you you have uh we got our news items and we're just about done here but you you only have one but there's another one that we could talk about yeah there's another uh, one that popped up since i sent you that power slap oh well no there's a third one then oh, okay but uh, power slap is uh they did not get renewed for a second season on tbs they're going to be straight to rumble and yeah. that thing's done <laughs> i mean i nobody cares yeah, yeah, I mean that's the, probably why you didn't put it in the news. <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah. I mean, I don't care about power slap. I didn't. I know. I know. Watch but... any. I didn't watch any of it. Though I do do know from a good friend of a good friend of mine. You know, I don't know how much you you know him, but you know, fellow MMA reporter for MMA Junkie, uh, Matt Matthew Wells, exposed the uh, the fake tweets scam on power slap. They're oh, putting yeah. up, they're putting up fake tweets on there to make it. You know, for so they're like Grayson Waller on NXT. (laughs) So at least, like, at least with like the UFC, like, like they they put up legit people, 
reporters a lot. Reporters, and me. celebrities and fighters. <laughs> You're in the reporter part. Okay. But these I was going like to say legit, legit and me. I was, do, I was the, doing the, a yeah, joke. I know what you're trying to do, but yeah. But they put up like legit people, legit people, and and uh, with who have legit tweets. But Matthew Wells showed them, exposed to them. They would just they were just picking random Twitter accounts that had like less than a hundred followers and putting up a tweet. And when you would go to those accounts, like those accounts had like no tweets since like 2021. So no way. Yeah, yeah. I uh I, you know, I'm gonna find that and send it to you. So you, you know what's know. funny is like I mean, I I tweeted during the the one show I watched and and I had some good stuff to say about what I was watching. Yeah. Um I had some bad stuff to say too, but I mean they could have found some of my tweets and put them up yeah. if they wanted to. But yeah, but yeah, they're going. They're going to Abu Dhabi. Dana said he's taking him to Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. Nothing, nothing says power slap than than taking guys to make two thousand dollars, slapping each other, other to Abu Dhabi to be on MAGA YouTube. Nice. Oh well, at least we don't have to watch it. Yeah. Um, all right. And then what was the other one that came up? Um, it came up. Uh, lots of talk. UFC two ninety International Fight Week. Lots of talk of. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky against Yair Rodriguez. Okay. I think, Fox, I think Fox Sports was reporting it, but but the, you know it's far from official. But that would uh, be the co-main, obviously, under Jones Stipe. If everything you would goes think, according yeah, to plan, yeah, you would think it'd be the co-main if everything goes to plan. We'll see. And then, and then, what? Are you, what are you? Mexico? What? August? I've heard September. September. Okay. And that would be obviously the two title fights. Yeah, uh, you would think. You yeah. would think. I mean, you would think that they'd they'd hold off Moreno, Moreno for that one. And Moreno's the big star, and, and you would think Grasso. Would, yeah, yeah. So and then yeah, cause, so that's one piece of puzzle because I know some people thought you know the Rodriguez fight might go there, but yeah. um, that's a really good fight that's, for the yeah. That's that the thing about Rodriguez though. He's the interim champion. He's not the official exactly. champion. So so plus he's. Probably not going to be expected to win that one. Whereas the other two, you know, I, I think, I think Shevchenko is still going to be a pretty good favorite, but I, I think Moreno is going to be favorite to beat Pantoja. So, yes. Um, yeah. All right. And then the other one, uh, great news item here. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Swick, uh, the, uh, from ultimate fighter season one, one of the original ultimate fighters, uh, he was battling cancer, but, uh, he announced this past week that he's cancer free. Well, that's awesome. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, it's some of those guys uh, from the early days uh, <laughs> not had the best of uh, post-fight lives. So it's good news for, for Mike. Yeah. Was it Quick Swick? Was that Mike Quick Swick. Yeah. I, I know that, even though I didn't watch it. Um, I, I remember him, though, from the early days, too, yeah. watching him fight. And uh, even some regional shows after he left the UFC and stuff. So, um, all right. And we don't have too many fight announcements, but we got a couple here. Yeah, uh, we'll go uh, UFC Fight Night uh, in San Antonio on, you know, next weekend, actually. You going to that one? March 25th. I'm not. I've okay. got stuff. I've got stuff going on at home on okay. on that Sunday. So so I didn't really feel like driving down for the weekend. But anyway, uh, Nate Landwehr, he was supposed to fight Alex Caceres. Caceres pulled out due to injury. Uh, he's going to fight Austin Lingo now. Lingo was actually supposed to fight on this past weekend show against Ricardo Ramos, but Ramos missed weight by eight pounds. Okay. So that fight got canceled on the after weigh-ins. Uh, 
Uh, I mean, Ramos made the made the light, lightweight limit, but missed. Did we preview that fight last week? I don't even we remember. Did. It. We did. Oh, yeah, geez, so, we did. So we did. It was on the rundown. I don't know that we actually talked about it, but yeah, he's fighting Austin Lingo. Uh, UFC 288, uh, May 6th, there in Newark. Uh, Cron Gracie against Charles Jordan. That's an and, nice one. Uh, Nate Maness against Zalgis Zumagulov. You know, Zumagulov was one of those guys that's, that said after he after his last fight where he lost a decision that everybody thought he won, he said, I quit. I don't care about these judges. <laughs> well, he's back. Yeah. He's back, but apparently he's got – like three wives and 12 children to take care of. So, so he needs some money. Um, yeah, yeah. That's a true story, by the way. I, I, the, I the, don't the three wives, the three wives is a true story. I don't know how many children it is, but it's a lot from what I've heard. But, uh, yeah. And then, uh, UFC fight night, June 3rd, June 3rd's a date They're They're taking off Memorial day. So everybody who's going to Vegas or AEW doesn't have to worry about UFC. No, uh, just WWE. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, uh, Misha Tate going back up to Bantamweight, uh, she's fighting Myra Bueno Silva, and then a fun flyweight fight: Kai Car France against Amir Albazi. I thought Misha retired. <laughs> I no, was like shocked retire. to see this one. She didn't retire again. No, she's still okay. Wants, she still wants to fight. Yeah, that's uh, My, Myra Bueno Silva. She always been a bantamweight. I always thought she was a flyweight. Uh, she's been bantamweight for the last two fights, I believe. Okay, all right. That's uh, yeah. You know what? Um, you know if she can get a win there, I mean, you always talk about with Misha. She's never more than like two wins away from a title shot. So especially um, at bantamweight. Yeah. No. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think. I, I think. Uh, what's? I think Amanda's just. Well, no, yeah, she she lost it once already. It's a featherweight title. She's never losing that. She's gonna like take that thing to the grave. Yeah. Um, she'll probably she's still gonna, be, she's probably never gonna defend it again. <laughs> probably not. No, unless uh, unless they bring over Kayla Harrison. Um, all right, so that is just about gonna do it. Uh, Ryan, I uh, I'll let you do your plugs, but I did read your uh, UFC two eighty five recap today over lunch, and uh, yeah, good stuff that, as always. That was a big one. Uh, it was. Gonna... It was. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. So, <laughs> I think I don't pay attention to how many words I write, but but when I put it in a word counter afterwards, it was like near seven thousand. I was like, oh, hope Dave's okay with this the size. Of this. Well, it was. I printed off on eight point font on single sides, and it was five pages. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was a lot of words. Yeah, but I mean, it was. I mean, it's it was good. John Jones, good. and it was. Alexa Grasso and Bo Nickel and a big yeah. show. So, but yeah. Any I got that. any word on on what that <laughs> show did? I gotta think the longer we go without hearing, it probably didn't do very well. Uh, I think it did good. I think I think we're just now living in an era where ESPN is going to keep quiet on buy okay. rates. Fair I enough. just think that's just that's just how it is now. Now the fact that we don't hear about them, I mean, we might we might hear about it if they do a million. Yeah, you know, so it, you know. it definitely didn't do a million, but yeah, but all the trends, all the trends, and and Dana, Dana ended up saying that it ended up being the most talked about USC event in social media history. So well, see, that was my cue to think that it didn't do very well, <laughs> but because you usually he would say, you know, oh, it's tracking to do the best, you know, fight. Like I would have thought, I was expecting him to say it's 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 the best uh, number we've done in eighteen months yeah. or yeah, something like that. They've backed off on that stuff for okay. for the last several years. Maybe they're not even telling him. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. You know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry, but uh, I, I, you, I, your point. I mean, I don't know if I would if I was them. So no, no, because yeah. he's probably going to lie anyways. Um, <laughs> so yeah, give, give us your plugs. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you can catch me in the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Uh, you can catch my fight coverage pretty forty two times a year uh, on forty two Saturdays a year 
on the front page of F4W online. Of course, I'm on Twitter at Ryan J. Frederick. And uh, don't be afraid to message me to ask me questions if I'm talking about something somewhere. So Yeah. And and send us questions for this show too, because we we enjoy interacting with uh, yeah, listeners. I will I will I will talk to anybody, and especially those who who come at me very nice and respectful, because I am a nice and respectful person. So I didn't. So, but if you're coming at me calling me names, I'm not going to talk to you, and I will be mean to you. There you go. And uh, make sure that if you are listening, well, you are, if you, you know, you're listening, make sure to sign up for, uh, you know, whatever feed you found this on. And uh, you can you can get an automatic download whenever the show drops, usually Tuesday mornings. And, uh, you know, that helps us out. The more downloads, the easier it is to keep this thing going. And, uh, you know, and and uh, you can check out me. I'm on the um, the Fikey Media Patreon on uh, patreon.com backslash Fikey Media. Jeff Hawkins and I do the Dynamite show, uh, which will drop tomorrow as you're listening, right after AEW Dynamite from Winnipeg. I'll be there live. So um, be like the third show I've seen live uh, for prom- play- promotions that I cover, which is kind of cool in like the last two weeks. So, uh, yeah, you can check that out. Uh, so for Ryan... I've been Paul, and this has been – or, Ryan, take us home like you always do. Uh, hope everybody enjoyed the show. Have a great week, and enjoy the fights this weekend. Later.